while I see that there are m immense benefits, you know, particularly in the day and age where, um, you know, Kelly has a platform, I, I've got a slightly smaller platform, but we're, we're you know, um, creating that platform and that public profile is really tied to how open, personal, um, uh, kind of raw you can be um, um, online. Um, not it won't be right and appropriate for everyone uh, so i think i really um having all sorts of people in my business and having worked with all sorts of people i really uh, learned uh, and appreciated um that uh, different things are appropriate for different people and that's absolutely fine welcome to the connected leadership podcast hosted by andy lapata the show where andy and his guests Explore the many ways in which relationships impact business decisions, make leaders' jobs easier, and help you to progress your career. Hello and welcome to the Connected Leadership Podcast. I'm Andy Lapata. Thank you very much for joining me. Today's episode is an exploration of just how much of our personal lives we can share with our professional network. I know it's something that is a big issue for many people that I work with, particularly those that work within large organisations. But but I think it's something that, that everyone needs to consider. And, and as I reference in the conversation to come, something that I, I addressed myself and talked about in Connected Leadership, the book. Uh, so I think this is a really important topic. And we discuss it today with the help of two people coming from very different angles, both business owners. Uh, Paulina Tenner is uh, an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur who um, is very involved in, in the world of uh, investment in business with a business grant tree. But her hidden secret for a while that's now very much in the open um, was a separate life as a burlesque dancer. And uh, Paulina has just published a new book uh, that, that shares that experience and what she learned from it. The book's called Laid Bare, What the Business Leader Learned from the Stripper. And obviously, uh, particularly working in the field of, of business investment, um, that might shock quite a few people. So I felt that that was, it, it would be really interesting to get Paulina's take on, on why she's sharing, why she's comfortable doing so, uh, and what her philosophy is on that. Uh, on, on the other side of the spectrum, we have Kelly Moulton, a, a long-term friend of mine. Anyone who has um, read Just Ask will, will know Kelly's story to a degree. Uh, Kelly features in Just Ask because she uh, went through multiple uh, attempts, um, a, a pregnancy, several uh, uh, rounds of IVF, uh, suffered from miscarriage, from stillborn twins, and also um, from having to terminate uh, a pregnancy because of very serious medical issues. And she's been very public with that, very engaged on the TTC, trying to conceive community on Instagram. She shared her story very wide, uh, widely. And, and with Just Ask, a lot of the, the conversation there was because I got a call from Kelly uh, during one of those uh, rounds of IVF, uh, uh, where she was um, due the next day to give a uh, to be interviewed on on a, her local BBC radio station, and her business partner didn't want her to, and she'd called me for my advice and support, and, and, and I gave that to the best of my ability, um, but it, wrote, it it brought up that quandary about when you share your what's happening in your personal life, what impact does that have 
on your business partners and your business stakeholders and, and bearing them in mind. So we look at that in detail in Just Ask, where I, I talked to both Kelly and to Paul, her business par partner. But I started out today by asking Kelly just to give a little bit more detail about what she went through uh, and uh, and why she was sharing so publicly. So my partner and I have struggled with infertility for eight and a half years. It's been a very long time. And um, throughout those eight and a half years, we have uh, had multiple rounds of IVF, um, some semi-successes in terms of falling pregnant or becoming pregnant through that. Um, but unfortunately, uh, many losses. Um, we suffered through the loss of our twin girls, uh, Lily and, uh, and Ava, back in 2017. Um, they were still born at 18 weeks. It's an incredibly traumatic experience. Um, and unfortunately, in 2019, we had, a, had another successful round of IVF. But um, unfortunately, our daughter, Molly, was uh, diagnosed with two very rare, well, two genetic two genetic conditions, which the combination of which was incredibly rare. And um, unfortunately, she was never going to make it to birth. So we had to experience what is called determination for medical reasons, um, which sadly is a, a term a term that I was familiar with through uh, friends that have uh, suffered the, the, the same challenge. Um, and it has been a really, really tough time. Um, there's no beating around the bush there. You know, some of the things that Lee and I have experienced are completely and utterly life changing. Um, and from the perspective of, of being involved in the kind of TTC community on Instagram, it's not uncommon for many people who are going through IVF to have suffered from these things. And um, that was really surprising for me. Um, I began to be quite open uh, um, about the challenges that we were going through after our first miscarriage. Uh, it probably took me, a, it took me probably about six months after that happening to start to speak out about it. Um, it's, it's an incredibly life-changing experience to go through. Um, and again, unfortunately, very common, but not talked about enough. Um, it, it changes you as a person. It changes your perspective on life. And, it, and it's an incredible grief that you're suffering with. So to not be able to talk about that openly or feel like you can't talk about that openly in certain situations is just, it's so difficult. It's so difficult. Um, as a woman of a certain age, I would go to meetings um, and people would try to, you, you try to find common ground with people, don't you? And, uh, and um, you know, that common ground with a lot of uh, women is, hey, how, how many kids have you got? Do you have children? And it's very hard to be bombarded with that all the time and, and kind of try and, you know, how do you answer those questions? You know, how, you know, that they, they can be really hurtful and, and, and quite painful at certain times. And I just think by talking about these things more openly, we, we maybe stop people asking those questions. <laughs> um, that, you know, that's one of the things that I thought that this would, this would help if I spoke out about them. Um, so I started to write a blog. I shared about, um, how I was feeling about certain things. I, I blogged very openly about uh, our first, our, our second and third rounds of IVF. Um, but I talked about it from the perspective of, oh, I'm going through this thing that is really frightening. You know, it's really draining. It's, it's um, scary. It's time consuming. It's all encompassing. 
And I run a business. I, I run a successful web design agency with my co-founder. We have, you know, we had a team of seven people whose mortgages you feel responsible for, or you are responsible for. And, uh, you know, I have to juggle this thing that's happening in my life. And most people don't talk about it. They, they may be not tell their team. They may be not tell people that they're working with. And I just could not, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. There just came a point where um, it, it became too difficult to actually keep a secret. Um, team were concerned about me. They could see that I was running around here, there and everywhere like a headless chicken trying to fit clinic appointments in around clients. Um, I was at the point where I couldn't commit to certain things because I never knew if I was going to need to go to a clinic appointment the next day. And so it became much easier to be completely transparent about what was what was happening to us and 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 what we were going through there's there's a lot to unravel there and um i think yeah i i I feel i should say you know first of all i'm sorry for everything that happens but you know that i've been there along the journey with you um but i think on behalf of everyone listening to this i should acknowledge uh that as well um I think one of the the biggest things that that's come up there when we talk about sharing part of your personal uh, life uh, with your professional network, I opened in my introduction by talking about the importance of doing that from the perspective of uh, just finding touch points, finding connection points, finding things in common, building the relationship from that perspective. What you're talking about is something much bigger than that. And, you know, obviously I've written a whole book on the topic of the power and the importance of being vulnerable. Um, And this fact that when something major is going on in our lives and we try and create a barrier between our personal life and our professional life, it can be next to impossible to do. even if you feel that you are capable of doing it, that you're a strong person and you you can segment your life in that way, it's going to impact how you interact with people. It's going to impact conversations. You talk about people asking about kids, for example, um, and it's going to impact your mental health uh, very strongly. So that's the point that I really want to pick up on, on here initially from what you said. Just that ability to be able to... Um, to open up to your team. Let's just start with your team to be able to open up to them and let them in. What impact did that have on you, on them and on the business as a whole? Um, per, for myself personally, a huge uh, feeling of relief because I am a, a, a very transparent person generally and I didn't. I felt uncomfortable. It felt like I was lying to people. It felt like I uh, just wasn't being truthful and, and that's a very, very uncomfortable position for me. Um, from the perspective of my clients, I have a really interesting story around this. So we, at the time that I was going through, we were going through our second round of IVF. Um, we had the opportunity to, we were asked to, to pitch for an incredible project. Um, now, we had been one of 40 agencies that had put a proposal together for this, for this uh, project, which is very we wouldn't normally have done that, but it was such an incredible opportunity. We'd been shortlisted to the final five. We had to go and present. We were given two days where we could go and pitch. And um, it was quite far away. Uh, so it was up in the, uh, 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 up in, um, in, in uh, York, so Yorkshire way. And um, 
I knew that I could do one of those days, but I didn't know which one. So I knew that I was going to have to go to a clinic appointment, um, but I, I, I wouldn't have known which, which day that clinic appointment was going to be on until probably the day before. And so I had a really big decision to make, and that was, uh, you know, I either pull out of this pitch or, or I have to give control over to, you know, another member of my team who, who was, not, was not comfortable to do that pitch. They weren't, they, they weren't, they don't do what I do. And the other decision was I tell this client, I, I say to this client, look, this is the situation and, and hope that they have a level of understanding and hope that they don't see that um, as a potential negative. Somebody's just about to go through a very life-changing traumatic experience, potentially. How, how stable will that person be? How committed will they be to our project? So many different questions. Um, and the right thing for me to do was to tell them. So I sent uh, an email accepting the, the offer. You know, yes, we'd love to come and pitch. Um, but look, just to be completely transparent, I need to tell you about something. And I explained the situation. I explained that, that I would love to be there on, on either day. But unfortunately, I wouldn't know until the day. And the response was incredible and um, incredibly kind and in very incredibly generous they allowed us to have a slot on both days and said look you just tell us when you know you tell us and you come on the day that you can come and that changed my whole outlook on on whether I shared what I was going through with potential clients so this is a, it's a bear in mind this is a potential client as well they're not even a client a client at that point um and it, it changed it for the better uh, and I thought you know actually People do understand, and the ones that do understand are the ones that I would want to work with, and the ones that don't, we're not going to get on. <laughs> <laughs> that that was actually going to be my next question. Is isn't it a? In many ways, it's a great filtering process because ultimately, and and maybe this is a luxury for for particularly smaller businesses and or people under high pressure because it's not necessarily just smaller businesses. Um, but isn't it a nice position to be able to pick who you work with, and work with the people that get you and share your values most importantly? And it's a good way to find out. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a big filter, isn't it? A, a, a huge filter. Um, and it's an incredibly lovely position to be in to to be able to do that. So let, let me, I'm, I'm going to bring this over to Paulina now. Uh, first of all, I, I should just say, my mum is uh, watching on Facebook and says, hello, Kelly. Um, mm. <laughs> um, Paulina, um, I, I don't know your story and your journey as, a, as well as I do Kelly's. Um, I know that you're very open at the moment, uh, or now you've written a book on the topic about um, your, you know, your burlesque dancing uh, and stripping. Um, when I was first introduced to you a number of years ago, I certainly wasn't aware of that. I don't know if that just didn't come up or you weren't as open about it. Was there a point at which you uh, you were living two separate lives uh, almost, and then decided, no, I need. Uh, just to live the one uh, and how if so how did that come about or have you always been very open uh, about that passion yeah so first of all before I um, jump into answering this question mm -hmm. I just want to say your story really moved me and I'm so so happy you have a baby Kelly uh, congratulations oh, thank uh, you this is amazing much. yeah um yes so indeed I used to have a bit of a double life or a bit of a double identity 
Um, I So I discovered Burlesque when I was maybe two or three years into building my business Grand Tree, which is now 11 years old and has over 50 people in it. Um, and I felt really tired. Uh, I felt very much in my head all the time. Uh, I fe felt like um, the creative, rebellious, juicy, passionate part of me, which used to be so active, was sort of dying, withering away. Um, and that made me really sad. And I was like, am I really changing as a person? Like, who am I now? Am I this businessy person talking to kind of CEOs and CFOs all day long and kind of editing spreadsheets and what have you, you know, whatever goes into uh, getting a, a business off the ground, which isn't easy, as we all know. Um, and then there was a day when I was kind of walking past, um, walking to a business meeting from Piccadilly Circus to Leicester Square, and I passed this place called Café de Paris, where they had a, a burlesque show rehearsal, and I kind of peeped in. And I was just completely mesmerized. And I was like, wow, look at these feathers and this glitter and these sequins. Like, oh my God, like in another life, I could maybe be something like this. And then I was, well, I only have one life uh, and it's my choice. Maybe, maybe I can find a way to be a showgirl as well. You know, it's just completely, it felt like a completely stupid idea at the time, but I decided to, you know, do my research as you do, right? So I asked some uh, friends and I got forwarded a couple of names of burlesque schools in London and I signed up with one and I developed a couple of acts and I started performing as a burlesque showgirl. And this was just, um, probably the most amazing adventure in my life because it really unlocked that creativity, that fire, that part of me, which I thought I'd lost um, and really made me a more powerful leader, which I talk about in the book quite a lot, actually. And uh, as per your question, yes, um, at the beginning, I kind of enjoyed the fact that it was something that was just mine. It was something that I was doing kind of secretly kind of on the side, uh, that I had a different identity during the daytime and I was somebody completely different at nighttime. And it kind of felt, you know, um, naughty. And, and I loved that. Um, but what came with it was a little bit of worry, you know, what if somebody who is my client in my business sees me performing and what would my staff think and et cetera. And then I started kind of felt this longing to really, you know, come out with it all, to be real, to be open to the world and to be like, this is me. These are different aspects of me, my personality. And I actually feel that my real power is at the intersection of where all these aspects of my personality meet and my identity. So I decided to do it and I did it in a pretty spectacular way. So in 2014, I was invited to do a TEDx talk um, at TEDx Islington Women. And I uh, created this really, uh, I think quite popular TEDx talk where I spoke to the audience as a business person, but on the backdrop, I had images of me as a burlesque stripper. And I was like really kind of being self-ironic and playing with it and I was saying like, please make sure you don't tell anyone because this could ruin my career. You know, <laughs> I was like really, really kind of playing that card and like really laughing at myself and the, the kind of kinds of fears that I used to have about, you know, people finding out. Uh, and that talk went down really, really well. And just like Kelly discovered that actually being honest and transparent about the entirety of who you are can be 
um, extremely rich and fulfilling. It actually led to a few really interesting opportunities. So, for example, I was invited on a prestigious um, policy advisory panel at the Institute of Engineering and Technology. And um, I found out that the chairman invited me because he saw my TEDx talk and he thought it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and memorable so yeah so there was a time when i left the, led the double life and i'm kind of glad i'm not living a double life now and um i'm really enjoying uh being kind of entirely open about who i am and i think that can be empowering and i've seen evidence that it that it is i i i believe it is um i i, I do think that there are dangers as i said to kelly about um, trying to be one person in one place and, and someone else in another. And I talk about it in, in my book, Connected Leadership, where I remember being on the football terraces um, years ago at a game. And I had, uh, I think I was running networking groups at the time. And I knew that I was in the away end. And I knew that in each of the home stands, there were people I knew who were members of our network. And all of our end was singing a chant that was, it's all good humour, it wasn't aggressive, but it's quite demeaning to the people of the town, of the, 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 the club we were playing against. And I suddenly thought, well, if people who are my clients, who know I'm in that end, saw me chanting that chant, how would I feel about it? And I, at that moment, I just made a decision that in any area of my life, not to do anything that I would be embarrassed about, in any mm. other area of my life and that was so mm. freeing so i do chant and and cheer at football but i beautiful pick and, and that's who you are but, i love it yeah. and i love knowing yeah. that you do yeah. because you know i think we're more powerful leaders in the world yeah. if we can integrate those wilder more unusual yeah. sometimes darker parts of ourselves yeah. and if we're aware of them if we accept them if we embrace them that really contributes to the power that we have Totally. The, the the only thing I would add to that, though, is I don't chant with all the chants because it makes <laughs> me but it makes me determine who I want to be as a person. And I mentioned values earlier. And actually, I don't want them to see me chanting that. Therefore, I shouldn't be chanting that. So it's about knowing mm. what your values are as a person. And if you're embarrassed mm -hmm. by something, don't do it. But what I am aware of is that it's very easy for the three of us to sit here and talk about making these decisions. We all run our own business. If we um, if we choose a path that um, is damaging, okay, it's not just us that get hurt because there are people who rely on us. Kelly, you've talked about the seven people whose mortgages you have to pay. Paulina, you've talked about 50 staff that you, you employ. Um, so there are responsibilities there, but you still have more freedom than someone who uh, is a leader or an aspiring leader in a public company, for example, um, and certainly less um, more freedom than someone who's very much on the ladder to getting there. So how can we how can we create a scenario where you can empower people who have those restrictions above them um, and where they can find the right balance? Uh, and I'll pass that to Kelly first. And by the way, Maria McNamee has just said two incredible inspirational women. And and I, I that's why I invited them on the show, Maria. I, I, mean, I absolutely agree. Uh, so Kelly has got the best people in this network. What can we say? Yeah. We hope that you're taking away some valuable lessons from this edition of the Connected Leadership Podcast. 
If you would like support in developing, nurturing, and leveraging strong relationships to support you in your role, please visit andylapata.com forward slash mentoring. Um, so Ke- Kelly, how can we uh, empower people who want to have the same freedom, but feel more constricted because they don't work for themselves? Yeah, it's a really interesting question, and I think I, I probably forget the privilege that I have of of running my own business and uh, and and having that the power to choose to choose to do that. I, I, I don't know. Like, aren't we aren't we looking for people in power to be more human? Like, isn't isn't that what we're all looking for? You know, we want people to be real. We want them to be authentic. I, I think there's a real generosity in sharing the things that you go through. There's a real kindness about doing that because if you share your experience, uh, good or bad, you are opening the door to people who aren't strong enough or, or aren't able to talk about those things. And you're, feeling, you're, you're, you're allowing people to feel less alone in the things that they're experiencing. I, I personally feel that anyone who is in a position of power, or has a platform, shall we say, because I don't feel that I'm in a position of power, but I do feel that I have a platform. I think that you should use those that platform in the most responsible and, and the most authentic way that you possibly can. And I believe that that means talking about the experiences that you go through. I mean, I, I thought about this for, uh, as an example. I mean, y- y- you, can, you can think about Sheryl Sandberg, for example, um, CCO of, of Facebook. She wrote her book, Option B, um, which is a very open and, and, and very truthful experience of the grief that she suffered with and her children suffered with when her, her partner passed away. Now, you know, she's in an extreme position of power. I, I think that was a very generous book for her to write, to be able to, to share that with the world. That doesn't, I don't look at her any differently. Uh, uh, she's still a woman of incredible power in a fantastic position. Um, she's suffered grief, immense grief. And to be open and, and generous enough to share that, I think is a wonderful thing to be able to do. So I don't think that you should let it hold you back. And, and, and Paulina, for you, how do you... I know where, what side you're going to be on. You're going to be on the side of the, you know, this authenticity ah, Kelly's just talked about, <laughs> uh, pushing the boundaries. Um, yeah. But it, if there was, if if one of your staff um, had a passion uh, mm-hmm. that could potentially impact the reputation of the business, um, mm-hmm. how would you uh, coach them around managing? Uh, really uh, embracing that passion authentically, but at the same time managing their responsibility to their colleagues? God, that's a super interesting question. I love that. Uh, Actually, it's quite challenging. I've never never thought about it. I was trying to think of how I could phrase this in a way that would would get get not the obvious answer from you. (laughs) Yeah, because I've always um, encouraged people to embrace Mm. their passions. So it's kind of difficult to think about the kind of passion that would be that there is even a kind of passion that would make me think oh my god no this is a no-no people can't know about this because our business is in danger so it's kind of even difficult to imagine but let's say hypothetically that's the case um i would have a really kind of frank conversation about them uh, with them and i just say 
I am super happy for you that you're doing this. It's great. I, I have a lot of appreciation and I surround myself with people that um, are actively exploring their source calling and their passion in their life. And those are the kinds of people I want to hang out with. And there is the issue that, let's say, our target market is um, not super aligned with your thinking in this particular space. Um, and there could be a risk. And I would just turn it back at them. How do you think we might be able to approach this or manage this? Uh, because I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life. That that would be absolutely wrong. And um, I... I want to support you in this. And also I have the business's interests, interest at heart. Um, is there a place where we can meet? Uh, what do you think? So I would turn it into an open, frank conversation. Yeah. Great so, approach. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in, in the place of someone listening to this, who's on the other side of that conversation and, and works for, uh, a traditional organization they they have a passion and they want to it might be a passion it might be life experiences in kelly's case whatever it might be they want to be more open about who they are and what they're going through with their colleagues with their clients um with their network generally i i think the the response you've given suggests that there is a place for but you have to be thoughtful about it. It's not necessarily just gut-led, but it's a combination of, of instinct and, and brain and working together mm. uh, and conversation, uh, conversation with line managers. Yeah, and it's so so interesting that you would bring like instinct and brain because in the second part of my book, so first part of my book is all about uh, workplaces of the future because in my company, Grant Tree, uh, people set their own salaries and we've got completely transparent financials. Um, so everybody knows what the company is spending money on, etc. Everybody has got access to financial accounts, actually. And the second part of the book is about leadership of the future. And there I talk a lot about what you just mentioned. So integrating the so-called feminine and so-called masculine aspect of our leadership, uh, which is, you know, on one hand, logic, drive, ambition, competitiveness, getting things done. And on the other thing, on the other hand, it's about being, it's about surrendering, it's about intuition, it's about leaning in to the moment, uh, listening in to what your body's wisdom has got to say. Um, so, yes, so absolutely. I mean, these days I really try to make my decisions based on this integration, this inner kind of marriage of uh, the logic or the masculine and the intu intuition or the feminine. How much were you uh, brain or instinct led in, in how you opened up, Kelly? It sounds very much like it was almost bursting inside of you and you had to start. To yeah, I definitely was gut led initially. Um, but then once you've made that jump into it, it is, it's, it's a bit more brain led. So you are, you're very thoughtful about what you're putting out there. And I guess I, I, I do kind of check myself a lot to say before I post something out there is this going to help somebody so that's that's what I'm thinking all the time and that is obviously very brain led is this going to help somebody is what I put out in the world going to be of use to somebody uh, and it's not just me uh using my platform to to support myself if that makes sense you know it's not just me you know brain dumping what's going on in my head at any one time I, I really hope that whatever I put out about the, the, the circumstances that we've been through are things that are useful useful to others that would be in that that position 
that that reminds me of our conversation um the night before you were due on on bbc radio um because i think that the question that i asked you that seemed to give you the the, the answer you were looking for was when i said if you heard this interview a year ago what would it have meant to you um and and you know that led it away from it being about should you share your story or not but how was that story going to impact people who are listening to that interview yeah absolutely and that is that that for me is the number one reason why people uh need need to be braver to share the experiences they've been through because um if if it wasn't for a very good she's a very very good friend of mine now if it wasn't for my friend Zara who has been a, an absolutely phenomenal uh, spokesperson for um the termination for for medical uh, termination for medical reasons like that I wouldn't have understood anything that we were experiencing I, I wouldn't have had anyone to speak to about the trauma that we were suffering if it wasn't for her being brave enough to share her experience of it and share her story and share her child with the world so you know looking back at that that conversation and that radio interview now knowing that I hope that by me going on the radio and, and sharing about my IVF experience helped somebody else that was just about to go through that and didn't know where to turn or didn't know who to speak to. So there's almost, when you're thinking about what you're going to share and how you're going to open up, there is that why question and, and how is it, not just not just why for you, and, and we've covered the why for you, and I think there's a very, um, a very powerful why for you um, in both cases, but also why why would other people want to know it to, yes. to a large degree as well? Definitely. And and I and I hear, I hear that was was that Doris in the background saying? <laughs> yes, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's the you know, there's always a dachshund in the background. Yeah, Kelly has a very yappy dog <laughs> called Doris. Um, uh, well, look, let, let's let's touch a bit on on social media. Because I mentioned again in the in the introduction, the very long introduction I, I gave online, um, that you, you've both taken a very open approach on social media to do this. Um, many people listening again, I, I'm I'm sort of trying to pick up on the caution that many people will feel about this and the the resistance that I know that I get when I'm I'm training some of this stuff. Um, many people will be very wary of that, and I think that's understandable. Can you understand those reservations about opening up about yourself to that degree um, on a, a, a public social network? Uh, and what are the advantages of that more transparent approach? Uh, Pauline, if I'd start with you first. Sure. So I totally and completely accept that uh, there are all sorts of lovely people in the world um, and um, varying degrees of openness um, in public spaces is appropriate and feels right for different people. So, for example, in one of our kind of, you could say, values or um, things that we encourage people to do in our company is to bring their whole selves to work. And for some people, that means that they share even details of their dating life. So I remember the time when somebody posted on Slack, I'm about to um, break up uh, with a girlfriend. Can somebody advise on the appropriate venue for that? <laughs> like, literally. And then like a very serious response came back. Well, that very much depends on how uh, long the relationship has been going for and like a series of questions. So, you know, some people are open with that. And um some people just don't particularly like or appreciate bringing their personal lives to work. They really want a degree of separation. 
And I totally respect that. Um, so while I see that there are immense benefits, you know, particularly in the day and age where, um, you know, Kelly has a platform, I, I've got a slightly smaller platform, but we're, we're you know, um, creating that platform and that public profile is really tied to how open, personal, um, uh, kind of raw you can be um, um, online. Um, not it won't be right and appropriate for everyone uh so i think i've really um having all sorts of people in my business and having worked with all sorts of people i really uh, learned uh, and appreciated um that uh, different things are appropriate for different people and that's absolutely fine and i also uh, respect that not everybody will appreciate my degree of openness about my kind of like uh less performing or even stuff to do with my sexuality and that's okay yeah also and I, I, I mean we talked earlier with kelly about it being a filter for people that you want to do business with have you um uh, i don't think doris approves from that um i'm so sorry my kittens are thankfully quiet no, no. <laughs> yeah i should have got a cat yeah that's that's fine yeah cats um, are great so we, we talked um, with Kelly about it acting as a filter. Um, have you found that there are people that have stopped or have chosen not to do business with you because of that that you're aware of? Um, no, but to be honest, like I'm pretty sure that there would be, uh, because let's be honest, you know, but I've never had someone actually approach me. And that's even like a shame because I would have loved to yeah. hear hear that openly that kind of spoken out i've never had someone approach me and say you know i would consider doing business with your company had it not been for your tedx talk or had not had it not been for me seeing you in that club um i've never had that but at the same time i think it's going to totally dissuade some people and for example tomorrow i'm having a big badass book launch party in the private room of a strip club because there is a stripper in the title of my book and I just thought this would be so much fun if we actually went to the script strip club and had some burlesque and pole dancers uh, other than me just talking about my book which is boring as hell you know <laughs> people are there because they've probably read the book or they're going to so um, and probably not everybody's going to come to that party because they're a strip club God, like no um and that's fine you know at some point probably in january i'm going to organize a more business event for people that are interested in te themes from the book um but are not necessarily kind of aligned with the whole stripper angle and that's that's great you know yeah. um, i'd love to be able to reach out to many different types of audiences yeah so that, that, that's good that you're creating that environment where people can can engage with you at a level that they're comfortable with if they want to, mm -hmm. to engage with you and, and get into conversation with you about sexuality and stripping then that's brilliant you're welcome that conversation mm -hmm. but if they just want to talk about investing that's fine as well absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and kelly um uh, you're very active on social media, particularly, I think, on Instagram and LinkedIn. Do you take, and I think I know the answer to this, but I'd like your perspective, do you take a different approach to each? Uh, and how do you decide to what degree you open up on different platforms? 
Yeah, I actually don't anymore. I think I, I, I used to be probably way more open on Instagram. Uh, that that was there's a very a very big uh, trying to conceive community on Instagram and I was very active in it for quite a long time so that was where I spent a lot of my time so I would talk very openly on there and, and felt very comfortable uh, and obviously anyone that follows me can can see the things I'm posting about so it isn't just contained to the people that are going through the same experiences of you and I just I just felt like you know that if if you choose to follow me uh, on my personal Instagram account, you might see some things that uh, you might find uncomfortable if you're a potential client of mine. And that's okay. Because again, we're going back to that whole filtering process. So this is this is me. This is what I choose to use this platform for. You can either follow it or you don't follow it. Um, but I actually spend more time on LinkedIn now. Um, I'm not as active in the TTC community anymore. And that's not because... Um, because we we have a, a daughter now. It's just because at a certain point I decided just to take a step back for it. It can be, um, it, it, it's a very positive place, but it can also be uh, quite challenging to you to see people that you care deeply about moving forward and being successful with the, uh, you know, their journey when you, are, when you feel very stuck yourself. So I just took a little bit of a step back from it. But I decided to make... I decided to share more openly on LinkedIn because one of the things that I talked quite quite consistently about in my blog was the challenges of going through IVF whilst you're running a business. And the two are intrinsically connected for me. Um, my, my business is, is me. Um, our business is me and, it, and, it, and our business is Paul. And um, it's very difficult to blur those lines between your personal life and your business life. And a lot of my clients end up being friends and, and you know, it's all a tangled web um so LinkedIn for me just became the natural place to 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 start talking about some of the things that we've been through and I've had nothing but positivity through that uh which I'm really really pleased about never had any kind of um not that I'm aware of I've never had any kind of negativity around that um but people choose to engage with me how they want some people might speak to me because I'm a podcast host People might speak to me because I run an agency, but other people might choose to speak to me because I've decided to talk about our our multiple rounds of IVF and uh, some of the traumas that we've experienced. And that's another reason to connect with me. And all of those things are completely fine. And you actually get very high engagement uh, on your uh, LinkedIn and Instagram, I think, as well. Uh, And I think that goes some way to making the point. Um, uh, I, I won't hide what side of the, the fence I'm on. You know, the point I'm trying to make today is, is to whatever degree you're comfortable with, try and bring a bit of your personal life into the way that you engage with other people. And you do get uh, a very high engagement. Tell us a little bit about your Monday posts on LinkedIn, because although it's slightly off um, topic, I do think that, that you do use that to open up um, across the whole spectrum of your life. And it, it, it can be very powerful as well. Sorry, I missed the very beginning of what the question that you asked me there. <laughs> yes, so um, I have been doing these consistently for like nearly two years now. So every Monday, yeah, I, it's just, yeah, it's crazy. Every Monday I write a gratitude post and um, it was kind of a way of of. Oh, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Take it, run with it. Yeah, please do. (laughs) 
Do you know what? I love it. It's so nice because it really makes you think about people that you've interacted with or, or organisations that you've interacted with um, over that week or that month. And I, I, I just write a post every Monday morning. It's a lovely way to start Monday. Um, I've always found Mondays a bit challenging. <laughs> so every Monday morning I start with a post of gratitude and those gratitudes have, have been so varied. I mean, that I've thanked my mum and dad on LinkedIn. They're not on LinkedIn. They haven't got a clue that I've posted about them, but I've told stories about, you know, my dad. My dad is the reason that I got my first um, web design project you know, he, he bigged me up to someone, a, 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 an organisation that he used to visit constantly and then they finally used us. Um, and, you know, and I've thanked things like uh, TTC people that have supported me. My One of my most recent posts was a thank you to the Saffron Walden uh, Tourist Information Centre that in, in, my, in my town that I live in because their Christmas tree this year, they've made a memorial tree. And you could, for a small donation, go and buy um, a wooden bauble to write a special message on to people that you are, are missing or you've lost and you can hang them on the tree. And it was just an absolutely perfect way of us this year who are in a very amazing position to have a five month old daughter at Christmas time. It all feels very magical and wonderful and we're very, very grateful but there are people that we love and miss that, that aren't with us this year. And, and it was a way of including Lily, Ava and Molly in this Christmas for us. But what an amazing thing to do. And it was all raising money for charity as well. So I thanked them on LinkedIn. Now that is, you know, what a, what a lovely thing to be able to do. It, it's showcasing what they've done. Hopefully some other people will go down and buy baubles now. Um, but it's also sharing a little bit of my my personal story as well yeah and I, I i love it and actually paulina you've kicked me because when you started doing it kelly i thought i should nick that and i never did so paulina well, why don't you and i put everyone to nick it yeah i'm gonna put it yeah, in my yeah, newsletter yeah. i'm gonna put it in my newsletter absolutely and so by the time people listen to this in february you can go to my linkedin and paulina's and you can hold us accountable by February. There should be at least four, or probably by the time this comes out, four, five, or six gratitude posts up for 2022. How's that? So let's, I love that. Love it. let's virtually shake hands on it. There we go, on screen. And uh, we'll commit to that. I think that's uh, a really nice note on which to finish. Uh, it, it's a, a huge topic. Uh, and I think we could have carried on talking for a long time about it. We've probably scratched the surface of it. I am very aware that it is easy for three people who run their own businesses to sit here and talk about, yes, tell everyone everything you're thinking and everything that you're doing uh, and everything that's going on in your life. It's not so easy if you work in, in a particularly traditional hierarchical organisation. But hopefully this conversation is has enough in it to inspire everyone to do something. Um, to let a little yeah, bit of the think, personal out. I think you can create little pockets of openness and transparency yeah. even in big corporate yeah. hierarchical organizations. And I've seen inspiring people, change makers from the inside do it. So, um, yeah, yeah I'm hopeful. So, so we're not necessarily suggesting, although feel free that you go around and invite the whole office to your next trip show, um, but there might be a, a step that you can take. I will post the link to my book, <laughs> yeah. though. Uh, it's, well, uh, well, well, it's the, the most unusual book read. No, that, that was aimed at people listening, Paulina, rather than for yourself. <laughs> I'm, dis I'm disappointed that I've only just met Paulina because I would have been at that strip club for that book launch.
Well, oh my it, God! If you're free tomorrow, I would love to have you, Kelly. <laughs> you. I'll I'll let you two guys arrange that separately. In the meantime, uh, again, thank you so much. Uh, I really hope that this has inspired some people um, to take a step towards a little bit more openness and transparency, and be comfortable with that. So, thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much to both Kelly and Paulina. Uh, I, I, you know, that veered from the the very heartfelt heartrending uh story from kelly to to a lot of fun uh, but i think also uh, some interesting insights some challenging decisions there's no easy answers to this i don't think it's black and white a lot of it comes down to to you personally and and i think that listening to your instinct listening to your gut we talked um during that conversation about gut versus brain decisions and i think kelly put it really well when she said it came initially from the gut but then she she put her brain into gear and i think that that's good advice for anyone going through uh, anything like this so thank you so much uh to both kelly and paulina and i hope that that has set the brain tick ticking um and, and maybe there are ways in which you can let the world in a little bit more uh, and let them know who you are uh, while still feeling comfortable about it. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, Paulina's book has just come out. It's called Laid Bare, What the Business Leader Learned from the Stripper from by Paulina Tenner. And it's available uh, on Amazon, uh, on independent, at independent bookstores. You, you can, I'm sure, order it um, from wherever. So please enjoy that. I hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. Uh, if you have please share it please please help us to spread the word and get people engaged with the connected leadership podcast uh, always appreciate reviews which you can do through whichever platform you are listening to and i also always appreciate when people reach out to me direct it's great to know who you are and what you're getting from the podcast uh, we have got some more great interviews coming your way every monday so please subscribe uh, make sure you tune in again and i will see you again shortly on the Connected Leadership Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Connected Leadership Podcast. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, tell your colleagues and friends, share on social media, and post a review on the podcast channel you use to listen to it. And of course, join us again soon for another interesting interview and great Connected Leadership tips.